Welcome to The Money Show. Warren Ingram is the uh, financial advisor. He's a director at Galileo Capital. He's a certified financial planner. He is a master of all of his trades and contributes to The Money Show on a Thursday night. Before we get into what we want to talk about, BHI Trust. Uh, It's this investment vehicle that has gone down in flames. The operator, the fund manager, has confessed um, and has admitted wrongdoing um, and is sitting in jail um, trying to get away from the people whose money he has lost over the last 15 years. His name is Craig Warriner. Probably two billion, two and a bit billion gone. Um, what should investors have noticed was wrong, Warren? It's too late now for them, but we want to make sure that nobody else gets caught out. Uh, I mean, I think it's uh, th- th- there are a few red flags, Bruce. You, you know, one of them is your, your investment. When you're going to put money somewhere, you, you need to know that it's it's regulated and registered with a, an appropriate uh, body. So, for example, if you're going to put it with a bank, you, you need to know that it has a banking license. You, you know, you go and look on the Reserve Bank's website and you can find uh, all the banks there. Uh, if it's going to be a unit trust, you go onto the ASISA website. And you can see all the unit trusts there. And if someone says to you, the money you're going to invest with me is going to go into XYZ unit trust, simply go and check. Make make sure that it is a registered unit trust. Uh, and and so you go with with all of these investments. You know, in this instance, uh, you, you know, one of the red flags is d- does it have an uh, FSP number and and you know, so, so financial services provider number because that means. It's registered with the Financial Sector Conduct Authority. That's the regulator that that looks after all of us that give advice and and manage investments. And if it has an FSP number, it's no, no guarantee that uh, you know that that means that it's completely above board all the time in every aspect. But but it's certainly a red flag if someone wants to take your money and doesn't have an FSP number, doesn't have a bank account or a bank license, or isn't a, a, a unit trust. You you need to start asking some serious questions. You know, the, the only other entity I can think of, for example, would be a stockbroking company, and, and and you can check that with the JSC. So m- maybe the first one is, uh, the, you know, trying to find information on this was really hard. You know, I I, I know it's a new story, but but gee, there's so little information yeah. about actually finding anything about the investment, and and that's a, I mean, that's a red flag all in its own. Who is this guy, and what's his history, and you know, who did he manage money for before? All of those things are, are, are just hard to find. I mean, it's got tones of Jack Mill and the PSC Guaranteed Growth Fund because, you know, there was lots of noise about it at the time. This was 20 years ago. Uh, Jack Mill was sort of round tripping money through a couple of listed companies, all connected to two people called Sue Bennett and Gary Porritt, who are yet to be convicted for any crime. But uh, I certainly know Gary Porritt has been sitting in jail for a while. Um, can't get bail. But it's it, it's he, Jack Mill was running the PSC Guaranteed Growth Fund. And there was absolutely zero disclosure. He it was the days before Unitrust had to had to disclose what was inside them, and uh, this uh, that particular scheme led to you know, the evolution of the regulation as we see it today, where disclosure is compulsory in, in retrospect. You can't give away the family secrets up front, uh, and it's a and it's got remnants of that, and it's got remnants of Madoff, and it's got remnants of people getting sucked in, and not even sucked in by anything particularly exciting or compelling. 
I'm not being sucked in with Bernie Madoff type returns, but some fairly modest returns, I'm told, of between 8 and 10% a year, which seems safe and easy. And so maybe that made people feel secure. Maybe he's a charming fellow. Maybe he is a, a slick salesman. I don't know, Craig Warren, at all. I think that is the other red flag. When 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 you find an investment that that is delivering, so so let's just talk about eight to ten percent at the moment. Where when interest rates are high, you know, eight to ten percent doesn't sound so crazy because you know you, you could get that on a fixed deposit at a legitimate bank. Uh, but but just jump back three years ago, and 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 interest rates were much lower, and and suddenly you know a very predictable return of eight to ten percent a year year after year after year after year for 15 years uh you know anything that 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 performs at a few percent above inflation with incredible consistency uh that that, that stinks bruce it's, it's it's not even just smells it but it really <laughs> stinks because it's impossible yeah. that you can you can beat inflation or beat interest rates by two or three percent without taking material uh, responsible risk. In other words, buying shares in companies or buying shares in properties, that, uh, you know, wh- wh- whatever it is that you're buying, you know, and those aren't going to perform in a monotonous straight fashion. They're going to go up and down. You, you know, sometimes a, a, a volatile investment, something that, that moves in price, you know, going up and down, you know, a, a generic kind of general equity unit trust, you know, it never goes in a predictable straight line year after year after year. I wish it did. It would make my life a lot less uh, stressful than it is, but 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 it doesn't do that. And that's actually a good thing. That's a healthy sign. An investment that's giving you a few percent above inflation or above kind of nominal interest rates that you can get on savings accounts and fixed deposits, and it does it every single year in a rock steady uh, the biggest red flag of them all, and especially then you add all the other things we've spoken about. You know that, that that's kind of the big red flag, to, to be very honest. And the fact that it was in a trust structure, something Simon Brown uh, at just one lap was saying earlier, uh, that's the the dodgiest signal of the lot. And I, I and because this thing isn't actively marketed, I've not found any advertising for it. I've not found any promotions for it. I'm not seeing any sort of Facebook post of saying, "Oi, geezer, give me your cash." Um, I'm seeing none of that sort of stuff. You've got to assume there's a network effect that played some sort of role here, whereby word of mouth people were sort of drawing others in and doing the work for him uh, i mean so, so that's probably the easiest part for me to understand because that's just straight psychology i mean you know you cre- create scarcity uh, you know cre- creates uh, the, the sense of of being in a club uh, create the sense that you you're getting access to something that everyone else can't get uh, th- there will be uh, an, an element of uh, secrecy about it because you can't tell everybody otherwise you know, you know the returns won't be there anymore so you know so get your money and then you know you're you're allowed to invite one or two friends in they feel incredibly privileged so so they you know br- bring their money in then they're allowed to invite one or two friends uh, so so that psychology I mean even the car companies use it you know they launch a new car and they say to you you can't get stock for, of this car for that first year you know there's no stock they, they create scarcity they create this sort of anticipation so so that's generic Kind of basic psychology, but but the the lack of transparency w- of the investment inside the trust, yeah, that, that's a that's a big red flag. You you, you need to know what you own, uh, and and if you can't understand it, and there's no disclosures and no nowhere to see kind of transparently what you own, 
uh, wow, like red flag again. You know, it's just so many red flags and 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 the basic psychology of of all of us being trusting, all of us fear of missing out, wanting to get growth, not wanting to, to see volatility. You know, the, the, this kind of ticked all the the, the scam boxes and, and I can't see that it missed any of them. And people still put money into it. People still put their hard-earned money into it and no doubt people are being wiped out in this bloody mess. And it's uh, it's shameful and it's catastrophic uh, for the people who've been caught up in it. In a moment, Warren, let's change tack. I want to talk about whether this is the time, finally, to take money out of the stock market as stock markets fall, and we've seen the JSE today below 70,000, and put it into a high interest rate account. It's beginning to smell like interest rate increases are uh, are on top of us again. We've got the US economy, which is growing at the best levels in two years, 4.9% growth in the third quarter of this year. Even though there's a risk of recession, there's a fear of inflation, um, and we've got that those inflation fears just won't go away, particularly here. Today's PPI number, producer price inflation, on top of a worse than expected CPI number a couple of weeks ago. Again, it gets cages rattled within the Reserve Bank. Maybe we see a rate increase, maybe we don't. I don't know about that. But do we, is it time to go into a fixed deposit? That is something we need to talk about in a moment. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So, Warren, fixed deposits versus the stock market. Stock market's in sharp retreat. Nobody's making any money at all. Panic, panic, panic. <gasps> what do we do? I, I, I love this question because um, w- w- when it comes up, it becomes kind of the, the opposite of, of, a, of a sell signal. It becomes a buy signal. Uh, be, because when when collectively p- people start to exit the stock market and and start to move their money to cash, it's called capitulation. It means that they believe that that you know that's the last time shares will ever make money, uh, and and therefore uh, th- th- they sell their shares, offering uh, often very nice, fantastic companies at at a huge discount. And and capitulation is always the last stage of of a stock market downturn. Uh, the, the next thing that happens after that is that the, the stock market starts to go on a tear. It, it shoots up, uh, over, and sometimes it could be over months, and sometimes it can be over years. So, if uh, if you're asking me this question, um, you, you have to know I'm smiling on the other side of this microphone because m- maybe maybe we're at the end of the bad news and 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 the good news is around the corner. Or maybe and, we're just at the so, beginning of the bad news and worse news is around the corner. That's always the risk here, isn't it? Which is what makes it so blimmin' difficult. So, so the, the 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 short answer to that is: please don't time the markets. Don't now, you know, l- listen to this segment and go, okay. Warren said it's it's the market's going to boom. I'm going to, you know, borrow money out of my bond and take money of my credit card and put it into the stock market. I'm, I'm certainly not saying that. I, I think uh, it's important to understand that that valuations matter. In other words. The price that you're going to pay for the, these businesses on the on the stock exchange, if they are low, if the prices are cheap, if these businesses are high quality and and trading at good discounts, it tells you that you can buy them. And you might be wrong that you buy them a year early or two years early. But but if you buy them and you sit back and you do nothing for the next five or eight years, there is a really good chance that you're going to make very good money, including the dividends that these companies are going to pay, uh, even if you were out by a, a year or two. So. So I, I, I think I wouldn't worry about the timing so much, but I, I certainly wouldn't be borrowing money to, to do this. 
and 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 maybe to bounce to to fixed deposits you know if if i did a quick search on on what's the highest interest rates i could get from from banks at the moment on a fixed deposit and it, it looked to me around about 10% that's uh, a good return a of, it's guaranteed isn't that lovely it is a nice return and and you, you know understanding that you know your your only real risk is that the bank that you put the fixed deposit money with goes south and you know our banks are very well regulated by the reserve bank uh, most of the time very prudently managed so so the risks of actually losing all of your money are incre- incredibly low however you need to understand that interest uh, it creates a tax problem for you and and it could be anything from Two percent, you know, if you're earning ten percent, you might be giving SARS two percent of that, or you know, up to four point five percent if you if you're a very big taxpayer. So suddenly your 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 return's not so good, and and then you take off the the impact of of losing buying power of your money, in other words, inflation. Uh, and and my simple math tells me you're in a position if you're a big taxpayer that you you might well be. Uh, seeing the buying power of your money eroding, in, in other words, going backwards by 0.5% a year, or if you're a low taxpayer, then maybe your your buying power of your money is growing by 2% a year. That is not so exciting to me. If we look at the stock market uh, and you and you look at the taxes that you'd pay there, it's called capital gains tax. It's, it's probably 18% if you're a really high taxpayer. And then we look at the returns that you get from the from the stock market. It's you know anywhere around kind of 11 to 13 percent or 10 or 10 to 13 percent over long periods of time the likelihood is you're you're making around about you know two at worst to to kind of four percent above inflation that that sounds to me like a much better return especially because i'm not paying tax every single year i'm only paying tax once when i sell the investment so simple math for me, Bruce. I can't do complicated uh, cu- calculations. You know, I, I went to government school, uh, uh, and and to me, my simple math tells me this is a great time to be buying shares. Not a great time to be investing in 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 fixed uh, d- deposits, unless you're never going to pay tax. You know, m- maybe then you lock away some of okay. your money in a fixed deposit and and enjoy enjoy the return. Uh, but but I do think that the stock market is always rewarding to investors with patience. When they're buying at a very low price and below seventy thousand, gee, that that's a low price. Then we move on to a question from Robert, who is making it a little bit more complicated because it's kind of on the same theme. This is a theme, though, about something called structured products or products with guarantees. This is where you are told that if you put your money away for a five-year investment term, we will pay you X amount of interest per year guaranteed. Now, that becomes quite attractive for people who are risk-averse because they're not going to get the full 10% that you found. They may get 8%. They might get 8.5% guaranteed to them over the next five years. Robert wants to know if that's a good idea. Uh, my, my short answer is I, I don't like these. I n- never have, uh, you know, especially the ones that have a five-year term uh, and and a couple of reasons. One, uh, I did look at the the blessed brochure that, that that Robert sent us, and it was more than thirty pages. Now, now we spoke a little bit earlier about understand what you buy, understand the transparency, be sure that you know what's going on. There is no way I'm saying Robert's trying to punt us a scam. He's not, but 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 there's no way you can tell me that you'll understand all of the terms and conditions of an investment when just the brochure, forget about the application form and the prospectus and all the other things. If the brochure alone is over 30 pages, 
you've got a problem. You, you already can't guarantee yourself that you, you know what you're buying. So so that's my first problem. Now we've got a transparency issue. So so there's a guarantee. Uh, the, the, the guarantee is all good and well until things really go wrong. Because then all of a sudden, if your investment loses a bit more than 30%, well, sorry, you've got no guarantee. Then it's just tough luck and you know you take your knocks like everybody else. So actually, we're, we're only really guaranteeing your money within a little bit of a range uh, uh, in 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 the range that suits us, you know, in the, in the range where where actually you know, it suits the the person issuing the guarantee, and that's probably my other big issue here is, you, you know, offering someone you know you know a return over a five year period uh, uh, that's guaranteed of of eight percent. Well, uh, you know, most of the time buying a I mean buying a stock market uh, index over a five year period would give you a return, you know, as I just mentioned, kind of around ten or twelve percent per year. Uh, in a much more transparent way, and and if there are losses, you, you will know about it. But but you know the, the worst that the stock market loses you over five years is probably only about five or eight percent over the five year period. It's it's really catastrophic when you lose thirty percent in a year. But but that's rare that 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 thirty percent stays w- with you over a five year period. So. Gee, Bruce, I'm not loving the 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 fact that the guarantees actually aren't that helpful. You know, they're only guaranteeing a little bit of a loss. Secondly, you do lock your money away. Thirdly, the return that you, you you're getting sounds very attractive, but but you're probably going to get a much better return just buying the the, the all share index. In, you know, in a normal exchange traded fund or a normal unit trust, put it away and forget about it. Uh, and, and then my other big issue here is. These are hugely lucrative products for the people that issue them. They, they're, they're great for the insurance agents that sell them. They're great for the insurance companies or banks that, 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 that you know, take the money. And, and always ask yourself the question, why would a bank or an insurance company a product issuer give you all of these guarantees and all of these structures and this really complicated thing if it was the best thing ever? Why, why would you know, 60 billion rand unit trusts exist if, if this is the answer to all problems? The reason is, uh, it's not the answer to all problems. There are lots of terms and conditions, and and lots of catches here. And so, psychology-wise, I understand that we we like investments that you know where we, we've got some kind of protection. We we like the idea of someone saying, "Don't worry about it. We've got this. Uh, we'll look after you. You know, we'll give you a return." But but they don't really. They're not really looking after you when it really goes wrong. When you really need them most, it, it's a bit like your car insurer saying. Uh, I'll, I'll protect your car from from you know theft and all of these things, but but gee, if it gets if it gets stolen, uh, you know, in your house in your garage, then no, I'm not protecting you anymore, and I'm not going to protect you if it gets stolen from the fancy shopping center when you've parked it in a locked bay. And so actually, you know, they are protecting you, but they're not. In in which case, kind of useless. I'm, I'm not a fan. Warren Ingram, unequivocal and clear on both points, as we like. Thank you very much, Warren Ingram. Um, thank you for clearing up BHI. Thank you for the red flags warning there. If you've got anybody in your family who's got money in BHI and you want to talk to us, please get in touch. You know the numbers on 021446-0567-011-883-702. And also to Warren, shares versus cash, shares and shares only. And to Robert's question on uh, five-year investment terms and guaranteed products, Warren, not a fan. It may give you comfort, however, uh, uh, Robert, to do it, uh, but understand the intricacies of what Warren is telling you.